Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Creek Adventures podcast. I am Trevor Rogers, joined as always by the super fishy friends of Chris Queen and Dalton Wortham. The Creek Adventures podcast is presented by our good friends over at Lone Bison Fly, Tie, Fly Tying Tables. That's LoneBisonFlyTables.com, premium quality and functional art. And the Creek Adventures podcast is also a proud supporter of the Oklahoma River Warriors. Make sure you go give them a like on Facebook and check out their mission. As always, we are always about making sure we keep our rivers, streams, lakes, whatever water that you can find as clean as possible. So now that that's out of the way, We have an awesome episode tonight as we move into one of the most wonderful times of the year. Spring fishing is just fully on. Uh, Fish are spawning. The sand bass are running. There's lots of cool things. I'm excited to introduce a local smallmouth guide that's guiding the waters of Northeast Oklahoma and beyond, Mr. Jeremy Guest. Jeremy, thank you so much for being here, man. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I, uh, to be honest, you might want to wait a while to air this one because you're putting me on, putting me behind Ryan Walker. So I'm hoping <laughs> that uh, I'm hoping the guys that are listening here can, you know, I can still get some nuggets uh, after copied information from Ryan. So, you know, well, man, don't don't oh, yeah. feel bad because you know our last episode opened with uh, something about us being like you know super good looking <laughs> dudes, and we've been we've been downgraded as well. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Trevor had, had us on high last time. Yeah, no, you've been demoted <laughs> to super fishy dudes, which is still a positive, but significantly less attractive. Uh, significantly <laughs> less, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, man. So I told this story <clears throat> with Ryan last week. You got name dropped a lot, Jeremy, but you, sir, mostly were positive present. things, by the way. Right? Mostly, mostly positive. positive things. And then they were lies, but that's fine. Yeah, man, Jeremy was present. The first day, no, the day I caught my first smallmouth on the Upper Illinois River, I was uh, at Peavine in my waders and like in the march, like a goober, um, casting blind just right off of the gravel bar and and landed my first smallmouth on an RK craw. And <laughs> sure enough, Jeremy comes rolling down the river like the, the prodigal son of the Illinois River and, and wow. graced my... I was already riding a dopamine high after riding that and then got to meet Jeremy and thought he was the coolest dude um, rolling in his, was it a Smith? You got a Smith fly, right? Yeah. Yeah. A Smith fly and a clack and clack drift boat. But I think that day I was in the raft for sure. Yeah. So yeah, that was a fun day, man. So my first meeting of you, you, uh, you graced me with some good smallmouth karma. So I appreciate that. It's been working. Well, you had a, you had a good fly, man. Max, I don't think there's a fish that swims in, in Arkansas, Oklahoma, Missouri, that won't eat that fly. Um, I mean, he sends it. them everywhere. It's, it's a it's a good fly, man. It's a really really good pattern. Absolutely. I'm, there's but a couple then really on. good looking ones in the tree. Oh yeah, Chris I, I, likes to lose those for me. <laughs> if you're not losing crawdad flies, you're you're not fishing them right. That's just part of the game. Oh, just, yeah. It is what it is. I've had these get- are above the water. I feel bad oh. <laughs> because like I want to buy him from Mac and, and like I do like they're amazing. His flies are amazing, but his are so pretty that oh, yeah. I, I, I'm like, I have to tie my own because I'm going to lose it on my, my, like, if I'm lucky, I'll get to 10 casts and then I'm just going to lose it. And anytime I lose one of his, it just kind of breaks me a little bit. I die a little inside. <laughs> I can understand. I understand, man, for sure. Well, D, I think you're the only one, man, that, that I know that, and I've seen you do it uh, other times, 
Uh, well, at that, at that smallmouth rendezvous event uh, last fall, only dude I know that can stand on a bank and blind cast into the Illinois River and still catch fish. <laughs> that was an accident. <laughs> Whatever. Casting practice, yeah. Well, you throw on a black woolly bugger and it's like a fish magnet, dude. It is. It definitely is, for sure. Yeah, test. it'll catch anything. So, well, what you been up to, man? What uh, where you been fishing? We're we're just gonna like, you know, Trevor's gonna edit in, you know, those little expletive bleeps for like, yeah, the entirety of this episode. So it's just yeah. gonna be like the intro and then. Beep. No, that's fine, uh, man. <laughs> just uh, you know, really, I. I've been, I really don't stop smallmouth fishing. It's pretty much, it's pretty much, you know, about 11 months a year. I'm trying to chase them half the time, you know, when you're, when you're fishing for them in, you know, December and January and in early February, you're, you're, you know, the odds are stacked against you, but um, you know, man, the early spring winter, I mean, that's, you know, that is, that's your shot at a big fish. It, it really is. I mean, you're not going to put up number days or anything like that, but you know, if you're willing to grind through the nasty weather and in the, the high water and, and all that, you know, you can get rewarded. Um, you know, summertime, as we all know, these Ozark streams get super clear and then super shallow and, and they just, you know, those big fish, man, they disappear. So, um, yeah, just, uh, man, been fishing, you know, pretty much, uh, here over in Arkansas a little bit and quite a bit, uh, up in Missouri when I can, uh, when the water flows allow, but you know, this time of year, it's, it's, uh, you better figure out a plan B and a plan C and a plan D if you want to fish, uh, with the water like it is. So, um, just trying to stay busy, you know, having to cancel a lot of trips, uh, just because of the water. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always, I'm always down to go tackle something, but when you got somebody paying you to, uh, put them on fish, you know, to take them out in conditions that you don't know what it's going to be like, it's not fair to them. So, um, a lot of, a lot of rescheduling. That's, that's a lot of what I've been doing is rescheduling. So, you know, that's, that's such the right thing to do, but then on the opposite side of that, a guy that has been rescheduled, uh, due to, to water and, and weather and whatnot. Um, I get, I get like so psyched up for a trip and usually you oh, don't yeah. want to make that decision until like, it's a game time decision. I mean, the day before type deal. And, uh, uh, it's, I mean, it's sad. It's, that's gotta be a tough conversation. Uh, yeah, I'm on, I'm, I've got a guy right now that we're on reschedule number four. Um, yeah. And you know, it's, it's all been, it's all been water related, you know, and when you're as crazy as we are and you're trying to go chase fish with a fly rod that, you know, you could, you could pick up a, a spinning rod or a, a bait caster and get it done much more efficiently. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just, as long as you give somebody the right expectations and, and let them know up front, Hey, here's what we're possibly looking at. And, here's more like what's going to happen. And if they still want to go with it, Hey, great. I'm, I'm down to do it. But you know, for somebody that's wanting to get out there and actually learn something and, and uh, take the time to do that. Yeah, man, you just, you just got to look for a better time to do it. So. Yeah. You can get like the whole month of April. Go. The whole month of April has been rescheduled. <laughs> it's been, yeah, I have, I have not caught a fish this month and I'm about, I'm, I'm Jones and man, I'm, I'm having withdrawals. Chris, all right. Did you do? I know. So, so if if that sounded a little choppy there for a second, listeners, um, Trevor was nice enough to stop the the recording and check my microphone because it it just didn't sound good. And I've got a fancy new mic. If we ever get these things on YouTube, um, it helps if you plug it in. 
right? I mean, it's they work much better when you plug the damn microphone in. So uh, that was my bonehead move of the night. I have not had any adult beverages yet. So sorry for that. But there we go. I'm done. I'm done calling myself out. Where where were we? We're talking about we're talking about sad things where Dalton hasn't caught a fish in April. Um, yeah, this whole this whole month, dude, it's just 40 mile an hour winds. I mean, every day. Today, recording on a Tuesday, um, we got a break in it. But like Jeremy said, the rivers are blown out. So we just the, the stars haven't aligned for fishing. But you know, um what did what did Ryan say last week? Perseverance? Was that his hot ticket item? Oh yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, was it perseverance? Persistence, perseverance. He, persistence. he likes, he likes big go. words, and I know yeah, it's not that big a word, but he loves big I words. He so. used a lot of words that I I cannot spell, and honestly, <laughs> like, that's for sure. <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah, has anybody gotten out? Like, if there's one thing, and I forget who it was that was saying this, like talking about going out and fishing like salt water and stuff. I wish I would have spent some time last spring in the crazy wind, really getting out and casting because I would have been way better situated than when I was on my trip. But I, boy, have I taken that to heart and I have been out in my yard like every day <laughs> trying to work on my casting. So Dalton, at least you got to go get, get that, man. You've, uh, you've said, I have sat in my house, just pissed off all week. Like not even wanting to go out. I'm just mad. I'm I'm boycotting the weather. Well, but you know what you know what I've done for for casting practice uh, in the past with with two small children is, is you know one if you if you throw a frisbee way out there right and then use that frisbee as your target and where you want to you know drop the fly uh, that's fun. So you have the kids throw the frisbee as far as they can, and then eventually that gets boring. And now I'm, I'm I tie a little piece of yarn or something like that to to my tippet. Um, then I start casting at the children and so <laughs> I get in a little trouble for this. I'm not sure if this is DHS worthy. Um, but, uh, I, I try to gently present a fly on my daughter's head as she's walking across the yard. So I made the mistake. I did that to my very pregnant wife's butt the other day. Um, Ooh. and oh boy, I got her <laughs> like it, like it lands. And it was with that, it was with the lunar glass rod. And so like, it just whips over ever so gently, but just gives just a, a little smack right there at the end. <laughs> she was not pleased to say the least. So uh, listeners don't do that. She just as long like as it's barbless, you're good. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We, well, we need to we need to start a new a new standard question for everybody that all of our guests on the podcast. When is the last time you hooked yourself in the ass with a fly? A damn near happened to me this week. Oh, I, mine's less than twelve months. Really? I guarantee you that. I uh, I I didn't get myself in the ass, but I definitely buzzed the tower. In fact, like I hit myself in the back of the head. I, I was just throwing too big of a fly. Um, again, throwing that little six weight fly, trying to just totally push the limits. And uh, I, I, it didn't hook me, but the dumbbell eyes really freaking hurt. I'll say that. It didn't oh, feel dude. good. Dude, I've got, I've gotten, so, so just last, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whatever, I was out fishing with, uh, with Aaron. Dude hooked me in the beard, like straight up in the beard. 
uh, didn't get skin, but I mean, like as close as you can get to hooking me in the damn face with your non-crimped barb fly, Aaron Fletcher. Smash those barbs, dude. Amateur but, hour. Well, and then, but then you got, so last, last fall, I, w- I was rowing, as the day before uh, that fall smallmouth rendezvous, I was rowing uh, Donovan and Aaron down the river. We went, we went a day early and fished. And Donovan about knocked me the hell out. I mean, he he had like size quadruple large dumbbell eyes on whatever he was throwing. And talk about line speed. I mean, dude clocked me. Ouch. Uh, yeah. Last two times I've been hit with a fly. Wait till this weekend. We'll see. We're going to put a helmet on you next time. You know, I, I need a helmet for so many reasons. <laughs> All, right. All right. Let's get back to Jeremy. Sorry. Dalton, is- I think you had like a, a series of questions, right? I mean, you really, you're loaded up with this one. No, I've ran through them. I had two. Hi, <laughs> and where do you fish? That was mine. All right, well, let's itinerary. let's uh, let's cut this thing then. It sounds like we're done. <laughs> All right. No, 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 no. Wait, wait. Because <laughs> yeah. I, 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 and I know a magician never reveals his secrets, but that's something like we, we talked about a little bit. You know, I obviously I associate smallmouth fishing with you know, late May, all the way through September, you know, end of September, like that really hot temps um, up in Northeastern Oklahoma. It, 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 there's, there's such a, a healthy fish population up there that I know you're going to find them. That's going to be fun, but I'm still, I'm still waiting, man, on, on that 18 inch fish. I haven't been, I haven't been put on one yet. And, you know, to your point, we, we got out an early March, Right, that was that when we got out uh, and and tried to get a, a little early smallmouth float. Yeah, and we kind of knew mid-March. that's what we were looking. It, yeah, mid March, mid March, and we kind of knew that we're we're hunting for bigger fish. These guys found a couple of good healthy fish. I got skunked, and that's fine. But like, what what is, can you get into some of the specifics on the differences between winter smallmouth fishing versus summer smallmouth fishing? You know, I. I, I, my goal is to catch a good size smallmouth in the next 365 days. Yeah, man. I, you know, I, I think it's that cliche answer of just time spent on the water, right? You know, I mean, the more time you're on the water, you know, the more times that, you know, <laughs> you can luck into one or the more time you can eliminate, you know, where they are and where they aren't. But, um, you know, I kind of, I kind of rouse guys when they say, well, I can't wait for smallmouth season. I kind of ask people, you know, down here, cause we don't have, you know, you can fish for them 12 months a year or whatever. Um, you know, so I kind of rouse guys sometimes like, well, I'm ready for smallmouth season. Like, well, what's smallmouth season? Well, that's, you know, that's when they're eating poppers. And I was like, no, smallmouth season started, you know, way before that. Um, and, and you know, yeah, winter fishing's tough, man. It, it's, it's a total puzzle, but the thing about it is, um, is to try to, I guess, simplify it. Um, you know, there's three important keys. It's low and it's slow. Um, and it's finding that water that you know doesn't have a lot of current on it to where they can sit down there um because they're not they're feeding you know you'll hear people say oh well they don't feed as much those fish still feed but they're not going you know they're not moving great distances to feed so you know you got to look for you know what we call wintering holes just areas that are going to hold those fish whether it's in the river whether it's in you know back towards the lake whatever that fishery is you know in a wintering hole it could be a 15 foot area uh, in some rivers, it's it's six foot. It just depends on, you know, where you're fishing. Um, but the thing about that, what I've always been told by, 
you know, the guys that have wrote all the great smallmouth books, you know, the Dave Whitlocks of the world or Tim Holschlag, Tim Landwehr, Mike Schultz, so those guys, um, you know, they're going to tell you those fish are in 10% of the water. Um, so a lot of the time, you know, wintertime, you're just rowing to the, the best next winter in hull. Um, and then, you know, it's putting a lot of cast in there. It's, it's anchoring up, it's getting out, you know, fishing those likely holding areas and just thoroughly covering them all the way to the bottom. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty monotonous. It's pretty boring, um, until you actually find them. Cause usually if you can find one, it's, it's going to be a dandy. And then you can maybe find two or three more, uh, in that area. And then you just move on and you're kind of just hopping holes all day. You might, you might only make, you know, 150 casts, uh, 200 casts in a day in the winter. But, um, you know, in my opinion, the pinnacle of, I don't want to say the pinnacle, but you know, the, one of the most rewarding times to catch a big smallmouth is when it's super cold outside, everybody else is deer hunting or doing something else. And you're out there, you know, floating a river, trying to, trying to fight a fish that's, that's just not actively feeding. Um, so that's, it's crazy to do, you know, I, I definitely don't run trips that time of year. It's pretty much just all research for me and, and trying to figure these fish out. And then after that, you know, you kind of, you know, you get in the early spring and those fish are going to be, not a great distance from where those wintering holes are. They're going to move below or above those holes and, and start to, you know, actively feed a little bit more, but it's still, you know, it's still a slow and slow game. Um, you know, I'm, I'm fishing. I mean, people look at my box and they're like, are you fishing for musky? And I'm like, well, I mean, they're musky like flies. Yeah. Some of the flies I throw that are some of my biggest producers, they are musky flies, but they're just, they're downsized a little bit. Um, so it's, like I said, it, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a lot of it's a lot of rowing it's a lot of not catching um but uh, it, it's pretty rewarding man when you can get them that time of year so let me ask you this and feel free to tell me to piss off at any moment um like i <laughs> don't you don't have to give up anything but uh you know thinking about so we 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 definitely we got out with some sinking lines um tried to get you know as deep as possible in, into these holes um i had a guide uh, and I won't, I won't say names, um, but I had a guide, uh, who's a guy that I really like and respect uh, around here. Tell me, you know, fishing the Illinois river. He's like, you know, you only want to make four or five casts into one spot. And if that fish ain't there, you need to move on. And so when, when I hear something like that versus, you know, like trying to figure out where these holes are, you know, talking about you know, potentially different depths. You said fishing it down to the bottom. What do you, how do you respond to, you know, a philosophy like that? And it is, you know, how, how long should you stay in a hole before you need to move on, especially in like wintertime fishing? Yeah. Um, well, man, you know, I, I'm never somebody that's going to tell you my way is the only way. Or, and I'm also a big, you know, I hear a lot of people generalize smallmouth. You know, there's a lot of great books out there and stuff that talk about, you know, how, you know, like the one that's the big one right now, that's, it, it's really good. It, it came out maybe two years ago. Uh, it's called like smallmouth, modern smallmouth techniques or tactics on the fly. Right. Um, and most of that research and most of that, that fishing is done by guys up in Michigan, Wisconsin. Um, if you've never fished up there, those fisheries are completely different from ours. Uh, you're talking about a lot of slow moving water. The water doesn't get very deep in a lot of woods. So, you know, as far as that philosophy goes, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, there's some truth to that for sure. I mean, 
Um, I would say that doesn't apply to the winner at all. I think, you know, I have, I can personally, you know, I've sat there and fished a hole and, and put, you know, eliminated, you know, kind of the water closest to me and then worked further out and, and, you know, maybe fish, maybe put, you know, 20, 30 casts in one hole and eight on the 29th cast. And I know I'd already swung a fly through that area, you know, but so that time of year, um, I definitely think it, you've got to cover your water a lot more. Now you get in the summertime where these fish are, you know, the fly hits the water and then you can see a fish come from 30 foot away um, to come crush it. Um, so I, I think that philosophy, you just got to kind of apply it to when you're fishing, what season you're fishing, because there's so many different different rules and, and exceptions for, you know, um, for all the things that are getting thrown at you. What time of year? What's the water temperature? You know, what's the water? What's the height? I mean, it's just, there's so many variables there that, um, you know, you can't just pin down to one, one method or one style. I'm, I'm fascinated, you know, by, by the musky flies. Can you, you talk a little bit more about why, why that style of fly for those that are unfamiliar, I, I've never fished for muskies, so I don't, I'm not familiar with what a musky fly might be, but now you've piqued my interest for sure. Um, so why, why is that in your, your fly box and, and, and what makes them so successful? Uh, it's a, it's a high water thing. Once again, it's, you know, this time of year, um, when, when we've got the higher flows and, you know, we get less visibility, um, you know, those, those, those flies, I mean, you know, they pretty much, you can start classifying a fly as a musky fly at about eight inches and they go all the way up I and mean, there's dudes tying, you know, 16, 18 inch flies, multiple articulations, just these big gnarly pieces of, uh, they're crazy, man. It's like, you just cut off something off a fur coat and you tied the hook on it, you know, but, um, you know, there's a, they, they push a lot of water. Um, so it helps those fish find them a little bit better, um, when it's making that much of a disturbance in the water. And then a lot of them, you know, they're, they're going to mimic, you know, bigger bait fish, like the big suckers, um, that we have here, you know, and up there, I mean, you're talking about muskie are eating, you know, they're, they're eating suckers that are, you know, 16, 20 inches long. Um, and if you look and you, and you kind of, you know, if you've kind of followed any of these guys up North, um, that are musky guides they're sticking giant smallmouth all the time and it's not a big deal to them they're like i'm here for musky but you know they're sitting there catching 10 20 inch fish a day um and you know it's smallmouth fishing you know it's you know i hate to generalize once again but i'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big believer no matter what you're chasing big fish are going to eat big flies yes now yeah can you have a 30 inch brown eat a size 22 ruby midge of course you can but um for the way smallmouth are geared, um, you know, unless until you start getting into the really, really, you know, high water temps to where they're kind of acting like trout and they're just, you know, they're, they're hunting totally different. I'm going to throw a big fly, that style of big fly, vibrant, colorful, pushing water for as long as I can get away with it. Because um, once that water, you know, kind of clears out and it gets down, they, they, they won't even give it a look. All right, that's, so that's awesome. <laughs> so now we're we're getting into spring though, and and I've I uh, I'm going to take all the nuggets you've given us and Ryan gave us and a few other people uh, to be super successful and chase big fish next winter, but now I'm getting into fired up time, right? Now now it's now it's sixty plus degree water temps, 
what's what's the ticket? What's the transition? Well, I mean, in a majority of the water right now, you know, those those fish, I would venture to say, you know, there's already some fish on some beds in some areas and some some of them are still, you know, early pre-spawn. You, you're kind of all over the board right now, you know, so to go out there and, and, and go find a fish that's up shallow could kind of hinder you because, you know, if you catch that fish early in the day, and it's like, oh, he's in three foot of water. They're all going to be doing that. It, that might have been a, just a one fish basis. And then you're going to spend the next two hours trying to chase something where they're not um so they're right now they're kind of you know you're going to find a little bit of everything you know you're going to you're going to find those fish that are you know just hammering stuff right now and you're you know you're going to find the fish that are on beds and you know smallmouth fishing and, and trout fishing is a little bit different you know i know it's really really frowned upon and in, in the trout world and that's kind of where you know i cut my teeth and came from but um you know don't fish the spawning fish right in, in the trout world uh, you know, I don't, I definitely don't target, uh, spawning smallmouth. I honestly kind of leave them alone and go chase something else until, you know, majority of those fish are off the bed. But, um, you know, right now it's, it's just trying to find it's you're, you're in that in-between area, you know, you're, you're looking to where, you know, look for those spawning flats where they're going to be. And then what's that water in between there, you know, kind of, you're wanting to look at that area. And then, you know, the biggest thing right now too is, yeah, we're, you know, what water temps are pretty stable right now, but you still want to look in those areas where these fish don't have to be in heavy current yet um, because, you know, the oxygenated water's there. Okay. And so you're, you're looking for that water to where they still don't have to expend a lot of energy, but they can still feed, um, you know, quite often. So, you know, look for, you know, look for those fast water seams that are pushing into slow, slower water uh, where you've got a lot of chunk rock and things like that. Um, I'm a big proponent of, you know, fishing areas that are, um, that are typically going to stay the same after a flood. And so what I mean by that is not that you can't catch fish in these areas that are a lot of gravel, but those fish have to relearn that area just as much as we do. It's like, you know, you, you guys know, I mean, rivers around here, they blow out and you go back and you're like, well, that wasn't there last time. And that looks totally different. So, um, sp I spend a lot of my time, you know, fishing areas that don't change a lot. Uh, fishing areas that those fish are, are familiar with they know that they're not going to be in there and something's going to be different and you know just those good feeding areas um but uh you know that's this time of year it's i'm still you know i, I don't i don't downsize my flies in, until i have to you know i'm i'm it's an eight weight pretty much you know all day seven weight you know once it starts to get a little bit it man it's usually an eight weight in my hand kind of getting after those fish you know i don't I'm not, um, you know, I, I'm kind of at that evolution in my fishing, uh, career that I, you know, a 50 fish day is great. That's awesome. You know, but if they're all, you know, 14 inches or something, it's like, I'll still take one giant over 50 fish. And, and that's not for everybody, you know, and that's, you know, I think when somebody calls me to go fish and that's the first thing I'd ask them, what are you looking to do? Are you wanting to, you want to go head hunt and, and maybe, you know, get zeroed or you want to go just catch a fish and and kind of figure out this fly fishing thing so uh, i'm happy to do both but if it's me fishing uh, dude i'm i'm trying to catch the biggest thing in the river you know that's kind of my deal well so you you keyed me up on a question earlier you know talking about when it gets low uh low clear water it's hot outside and 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 those big fish disappear uh specifically on the upper here do you think they make it all the way back to the lake or do you, are they just, they're just in deep holes? Uh, 
man, it's funny. I, there's things that I believed two or three years ago that I look back now and I'm like, why did I think that? You know, it's, I'm all, these fish are always changing my mind on what I think I know. You know, I think I know more than I probably do. And these fish will humble you really quickly when it's like, oh, I got them dialed. It's like, as soon as you think you've got them dialed, you go out there that next day and it's just like, ah, where'd they go? You know what I mean? Um, you know, there, there's some of that that goes on. I think, you know, depending on the fishery, I mean, when you look at, you look at, you know, a lot of these streams around here um, within, you know, two hours or so from where we're at or whatever, uh, none of them are really, except for a couple, are really that big. Even the upper is really not that big of a system. Um, and it doesn't have a lot of tributaries. It doesn't have a lot of areas to where, you know, uh, these fish can escape high water. They're, they're kind of, you know, more or less kind of stuck there and they've got to make it work. Um, you know, talking to a guy that knows a heck of a lot more and has been, been on the river for a long, long time, you know, talking to him, he's a conventional guy. Um, and, you know, I, I know some fly anglers put their nose up at conventional anglers, but let's be honest, man, we steal more from the conventional world than they steal from us. I mean, I don't think there's ever been a lure designer say, well, I want this to swim like a fly. I think it's, a, it's the opposite. We want our <laughs> flies to swim like flukes or jerk baits or whatever. But, uh, you know, he, he's been fishing this river a long time and, and you know, taking my research and his. Yeah, I, I think some of these um, some of these mature fish that have gotten in the river system, I think some of them, they just stay. Personally, I think that the smaller fish migrate more than the bigger fish. I think the bigger fish, you know, they get in these areas and they dominate them and they just they take up the best spots and and um, they kind of own them, you know, and these these little fish are forced to kind of to go to other areas and move a heck of a lot more to try to find an area that, you know, suits them. But yeah, I don't know, man. I think there's some of it. I think it's depending where you're talking about in the river. Cause there's, man, there's, there's, you know, research out there on, on different waterways throughout the U S on smallmouth that they'll move 70 miles, you know, tag a fish and it moves 70 miles in a year. So it's, it's tough to say, um, you know, I definitely think there's some of that going on, but I think some of them just, they find an area and it's theirs and that's and that's what they're going to take up and stay in definitely well let me ask you this because we we've found ourselves and all and all the and, and and like we come from i'm coming from a place like we, we've been successful we've caught fish on that river but and i know any day could be different conditions could be totally different but i feel like there's places where we've been like that is the fishiest spot i've ever seen and and sure enough just you hammer it and nothing so when, when you're talking about maybe like some, like these best spots, you as a guide, what, when the, maybe where these big fish might be taken over, what is that habitat that you are looking for that you're like, yeah, that, I think that might be the spot where that big fish might be lurking. Uh, you know, number, number one is obviously going to be concentration of forage whether it's crawfish, whether it's bait fish, whatever it is. I mean, that's got to be there. There's no reason for them to be there, right? Um, number two kind of goes back to what I said earlier. I, I typically find these, you know, more mature fish in areas that it's a stable, it's stable, you know, the riverbed's stable, the, the banks are stable. Um, if it's a flood, it's not going to completely change it. It's pretty much going to get high. It's going to go back to about where about it was or where it was. Um, I think another one, uh, a big one um, that probably gets overlooked, is um deep deep water you know escape escape routes pretty much you know areas where 
you've got a deep trough or, you know, protection, protection water is what I call it to where they can move up shallow in the evening or in the morning and they can feed really aggressively when it's low light. And then during the daytime, they move back out to that deeper water. But they, to me, they get in those areas where they can do that really quickly, you know, where they can sit on the, sit on the color change. And, you know, if they want to push shallow and, and, and chase um, sculping around, they can, if they want to push out deep and, and, um, you know, eat these, you know, these big shad balls that come through, they can do that. So, um, but anywhere, you know, I mean, cause everything in the world's coming after them. You got us flinging fly rods in there. You got eagles soaring about trying to get to them. So anything that's got, you know, um, structure, anything that they can relate to things they can hide, um, in just areas that they can kind of concentrate these bait fish or, or whatever they're eating and, um, you know, not have to chase them all over the river. They can kind of pin them pin them down and, and kind of push them into an area to where they can, you know, kind of like you see dolphins do that stuff, right? Where they, they run up a bunch of bait fish into a cove and smash them. I mean, I've seen groups of smallmouth do that on the river where it's like you got three or four, you know, really big smallmouth that are, to me, are tandemly working together to push these fish in these shallow areas and just cause havoc on them and just eat all they can. Um, but uh, yeah, to me, that's, that's the biggest thing though, man. The bait's got to be there. They've got to have, you know, they've got to have cover. They've got to have structure and they've got to have, they've got to have deep water nearby. Typically that's, that's what I look for. And so the book you were referencing earlier, it's a uh, small mouth, modern fly fishing methods, tactics, and tech and techniques. Uh, yeah. Fantastic yeah. book. Uh, it's great. But it, it references exactly what you're talking about. It, it calls it first shelf and second shelf. Yep. Uh, so first shelf being that, that shallow and then second shelf and then probably even, even past that a, a deeper escape route. So uh, we talked last week about, uh, I caught a fish on the, the upper mountain fork that had, you know, talon holes in it and scratches down its side. I mean, and it was, and it wasn't a, uh, a small fish. Uh, and so, um, yeah, there's lots of predators out there. they got to get out to safety. So, um, very cool. Dalton, you had a question. Man. No, so we've talked about habitat. We've talked about water conditions. Um, I've heard you say a lot in reference to weather that sun and wind really turn these dudes off um what what in your observations you know your time on the water what's what's kind of like your no-go factors for weather or um you know what makes you say hey i'm gonna go chase bluegill or something for the day or you know i don't i don't know if you'll ever hear me say that um <laughs> <laughs> no no uh man you know honestly uh for me um i don't really have a no-go day lightning's kind of the no-go that or if the wife says I can't go that day, that's kind of the two, those are the two no-go situations there. Um, she's listening to me. I think I just got to, I'm getting an evil eye, but. Um, that was the fact that no, I would never go fishing. Right. Um, no, man, you know, honestly, um, the worst days are some of my best days. The days that nobody's thinking about going out there is the days that I have some of my, my better days as far as, you know, quality of fish and stuff. Um you know, wind is actually, you know, when, wind can be your friend, um, fly fishermen, it's, it's better be blowing the right way to be your friend. You know what I mean? Um, but, uh, no, I, I think wind does, a, you know, it does a good job. And, it, and when you get those cloudy days and you get those overcast days with a lot of wind, it can tend to spread those fish out a bit to where you may catch one mid river, you may catch one on the bank and you may catch one, you know, um, tight, tight to, to, to cover. And it's kind of like, you think you've got a pattern, but these fish, you just got multiple fish doing different things. Um, but personally, man, if, if you were to give me the, the ideal day, 
Um, you know, give me 57 degree water, overcast, winds at 15 miles an hour. And it's, you know, you, you started out and, um, you know, you started out with, with, you know, waders on or whatever. And then in the day you're sweating and, and, uh, and all that. But to me, I mean, yeah, the, the worse, the worse weather, the better, honestly, I think a lot of people kind of, they look at the, they look at the weather and they're like, oh man, sunshine and, and, you know, 75 degrees. The only time that to me that's important is the winter time when you're, when you're going to get an actual bump in temperatures um, from, you know, 50 degrees to 54 degrees, then, then those days can be ideal. But um, this time of year, man, give me, give me crappy weather, give me crappy weather and, and good water levels. And, and um, that's typically when I find my better fish. All right. Even the wind. Yeah. Even the wind. I mean, I know you're going to cuss it all day, you know, when you're sitting there throwing a six inch fly and, and uh, it's whizzing by your ear and all that kind of stuff. But it just, it, 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 to me, it makes those fish just less spooky. They're more willing to come out and grab something um, than they are when, you know, the, the sun, I mean, you know, think about it. if you're a fish and there's no clouds in the sky. I mean, we don't sit around looking in the sun all day. I don't think they do either. Um, and that's the same thing for why they're, they get more aggressive on top water when you've got cloud cover and you've got a little bit of chop on the water. They just, you know, they're, they just feel more safe. So it cuts down the visibility, conditions. right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Okay. So dude, I've got, I've got a scenario question for you and then I'm going to follow that with a, I'm, I'm saying this now to kind of leave you on edge a little bit. A, a question that was asked of us to ask you. Oh no. I know, right? <laughs> no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let that one linger for a minute, man. But uh, so, so let's say, because um, I actually um, had several people reach out this week uh, that were fired up about having another uh, local guy, uh, local guide on the podcast. And, and, because uh, obviously we're, we're all fired up to get out and fish. So uh, if it was scenario is overcast day, five mile an hour southeast wind out of the southeast water temp just hit 70 degrees mm. um just a, a pretty bomber day um where are you going on the upper um give it don't just spot burns you know what i'm saying where are you going yeah, yeah. what are you looking for uh, what are you throwing what's what's what are you starting out with well, I mean, you're, you know, you're talking 70 degree water. Those, those fish are, man, if, if, if the fishing allows, I'll throw, I'll throw a big howitzer head popper all day. If, if, okay. if it, you know, if I can, um, but I can tell you, you know, you can have perfect conditions for poppers and sometimes they're just not looking up. Sometimes they just don't want to do it for whatever it is. Um, but, uh, man, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm still probably rocking, rocking a streamer. And, and, you know, I, I typically will, I do pretty long floats. Um, I, I cover a lot of water and that's kind of another thing too. You, you got to kind of learn is just, there's just dead water. There's dead water that there's, you know, if you're, maybe if you're fishing for smallmouth buffalo or something, that's one thing, but if you're trying to catch smallmouth, sometimes there's just water that's just best to row through. And, I, and I'm guilty, man. I'm, you know, it's hard, it's hard to be rowing on water and not casting a line you know, into it. Um, 
but uh no you, you just kind of kind of you got to eliminate the stuff that's just not you know and that's it's hard you know if you if you only get a fish you know once or twice a month it's, it's hard to it's hard to really dial something in um you know i've been after it a while over there and and have kind of you know been able to to eliminate some of this stuff in areas that i'm just like yeah there's no you know i'll put it in an area that i know is not productive just so that you know when it that bite window opens up during the day i put myself in the position to be there i know it's four miles from this put in and i know that at noon or one o'clock i'm going to be there and that's probably when that bite's going to pick up and that's where i want to be um you know but and that's the thing too you know to have a boat uh a raft or whatever it's you can cover more water i mean being a wading angler you know sometimes where the accesses are there's not a lot of fish there um you know you gotta you gotta work for it and you gotta you gotta wade and, and go find stuff and all that but you know on a day like that man yeah I'm, I'm gonna try to get away with a popper you know 70 degree water um i'm gonna try to you know get a big blow up i mean because everybody likes the big visual eat you know um so that's that's probably what i want to do on but that's you know that's once again stars having to align and and um you know typically when the water's 70 degrees it's it's you know typically it's gonna start being clear and stuff too and those you know you guys have probably seen it you know whether it's on the elk or whatever um you know when you get in the when you get in the summer and those temps are you know 75 and above those fish, the mid, the middle of the day, it, it's rough. You know, the, the times you think you should be on the water, it, it can get pretty tough on you. Uh, you can still find them, but um, those are the days you need to be on before the sun rises and and after this. You know, while the sun's setting, you know, morning and morning and afternoon or morning and evening um, are going to be your best. You know, your best bite windows for that kind of fish. But at the same time, man, I've, I've sat there and, and thrown a popper all day, and they ate it all day, and in um not so popper conducive conditions so it's a puzzle man every time you go out there it's a puzzle you never know what you're gonna get you're getting I, dalton fired up with poppers i'm still yet to, well, i was about to say <laughs> oh, yeah. i i get nervous because i've still yet to get, catch fish on a popping bug like straight really? up no really? I, I, for for some reason it i the i i sat there i i remember fishing with like larry clark and Forto chad um uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, who who broke my fly rod this weekend? Um, oh. Love you, Chad. It's okay. Uh, and they were like just insistent. Put on a popping bug, man. Watch you watch throw this this big big green frog. And I'm just like, man, I really don't want to, but okay. And so I, I fished it for like three four hours, and I'm just like, I'm watching this. I'm just doing nothing. I'm putting it out there and it's just doing nothing. And, yeah. and they were like, you're going to catch fish on it, man. And I was like, bullshit. So like, <laughs> I, I, I immediately, I give up on them too quickly. I never know the right time of day. And I just can't, I just can't fish that slow. I, I think on, on the top of the water. It, it... Man, the, the best information I ever got on a popping bug is don't pop them. That sounds That's stupid. That's what they said. They were just like, just let it float. And I'm like, I, I'm, I felt like I was bobber watching. And you, and you pretty much are. I mean, you know, it's like depending, once again, depending on water clarity or whatever you have, a lot of time it's, you know, they're going to, once that fly hits the water, it would amaze you how far they can be away from that fly and know that something hit the water. 
their lateral, their lateral. I've heard, you know, I'm not even trying to, you know, spit out what I've heard because it's crazy science or whatever, but I've heard some insane numbers about how far away they can actually feel um, something hit the surface and how quickly they can get locked in on it. Um, but, you know, so the, your first pop is not even a pop. Your first pop is a fly hitting the water. And that's what's going to, if there's anything in the, in that area, it's going to know, it's going to lock onto it. And then after that, it's, you know, you just kind of kind of play with whatever mood they're in. Sometimes they, you know, they want an aggressive, aggressive pop and stop. Sometimes they want it, you know, can, you know, repeatedly popped. And sometimes they want that thing plopped down the rings to dissipate. And, you know, I've seen them come up and sip it just as gentle as a, you know, a, a big cutthroat. Um, and that's, it's, it's weird to see. That's not what you think of when you think of, when you think of smallmouth, but, um, you know, they're, I think some people kind of misdescribe them uh, sometimes. I think, you know, you hear that this ferocious predator that's always doing, and they, and they are, and that's why I love them, man. It's because they're like little freshwater bronze sharks. I mean, they're, they're awesome. Right. But there's times that they get super finicky and and they'll humble you and they won't act like smallmouth they'll act like a, a different fish um and it's that popper thing man and i and i can tell you like you know i've heard a lot of people say well my biggest fish came off the popper um and you know some people that's probably pretty shocking but um yeah you can you can elicit some pretty big strikes uh from you know from popper fishing but um you know I, it's you just got to let the fish tell you what they want that day you know they like I said, they, they may want it a myriad of ways and you'll find out one cadence works and another doesn't. And like I said, it, it's different every time you step in the water. They might want something different. Uh, I need to get better at learning how to, to politely ask the fish what they, uh, what they want that day. So, uh, uh, Jeremy, this has been awesome, man. Uh, I, I'm so glad you, you joined us. Um, that like this, I love these conversations. This is what makes me a better angler. Um, you know, I, I hope that our, it helps our listeners too. Um, Dalton, Chris, was there anything else uh, that you guys wanted to kind of? Oh, yeah, Chris, yeah. Chris has got that look, man. <laughs> yeah, but Dalton, Dalton, you unmuted yourself, man. What do you got before I, <laughs> I, I try to get squirrely? I just, I just wanted to echo what Trevor was saying, man. Jeremy, you're so free and you know welcoming with your knowledge. Um, ever since I met you, dude, I mean, you know, you'll, you'll text a question about like, Hey, what should I throw today? And then you'll get literally a scientific novel of, you know, what color or your thoughts on the water clarity. And it's like, man, I just asked, you know, how was doing today? And so you're so free with your knowledge and you're willing to share it. And it's, it's made us all better anglers, you know, knowing you and, and soaking up your knowledge. So um, appreciate what you do. Um, keep putting out that badass content with Mr. Uh, Cole and, and the going native crew. Cause I enjoy watching it, man. Yeah, man. No, I appreciate it, dude. It's, it's one of those things, man. You know, I, I wouldn't be to where I'm at along in my fishing career, if it wasn't for people that, you know, gave me the time of day, uh, to sit and talk to me and show me, you know, the things that they knew. Like I said, I, I started, you know, cutting my teeth up in Idaho, guiding up there and, I was around some amazing anglers, man, and some guys that, um, you know, they, they cut the learning curve for me really quick. So I'm happy to do the same. Um, you know, you guys, you know, don't, we've probably talked about this. Um, I, as far as the, as far as the content stuff goes, dude, I can barely take pictures. That is all Cole <laughs> and going native. Yeah. He is super, super talented. 
Um, as the, I know you guys have seen those videos. We're working on one more that should be pretty good right now. Um, but uh, yeah, man, you know, it's one of those things. I was, I was always kind of a anti-social media when it came to fishing. You know, I was the guys that brought me along and taught me the game. You know, they were anti. So I was like, oh, you know, social media is the, the end of fishing and this, this and that. And, you know, it's a double-edged sword, man. You know, I wouldn't have probably met you guys without social media. I probably wouldn't have met several guys that I know in the fishing industry um without social media so it's it's a double-edged sword man you know it's yeah yeah i'm not a spot burner i'm i'm happy to tell somebody you know how i do things or how it works for me but you know i'm not going to get on a forum and then tell you you know um it's you know not that i am the smartest kid in the class but it's kind of like being the smartest kid in the class and everybody cheats off your test and takes credit for it <laughs> so that's exactly. that's how i look at it you know but there's a lot of good too, man. There's a lot of good. You know, you look what Ryan's doing, you know, you, you look what he's doing for the advocation of smallmouth and, and um, you know, it's funny because after some of those videos came out that we did with him, I've had tons of people, you know, come up and just be like, you know, I didn't know that about smallmouth. I didn't know that it, you know, so, you know, like Ryan said, the goal with that, man, it's just to, uh, with, with the media, it's not to, well, and, it, and you know, Cole's, Cole's vision for it too, is, is just to, to spread that knowledge out there and, and to, you know, let people know, I mean, it's a native fish, you know, I'm, I'm not a trout hater by any means, but you know, it's smallmouth don't really get any help and they're more native than, than any of us. They've been here for a long time and they'll be here, you know, hopefully if we take care of them uh, after us and, you know, you, when it, it just means, it means a heck of a lot more to me to have something that wasn't introduced here, you know, uh, that we can call our own. And, um, you got, you know, like I said, you've got guys here that do it. You got, I mean, they're pretty much in like, I think they're in like 48 States or something like that. Um, and, and, and the, in the, in the popularity of, of uh, smallmouth on the fly, as you guys have seen is, is growing rapidly. Oh, you know, you've got more information than there ever has been about it. Now you got guys, it's all they do is, is, is tie smallmouth flies and their whole, you know, their whole shop is, is based on smallmouth. So, you know, that, that's cool to see, man. It, it is. But, um, yeah, I appreciate the kind words on that, man. Yeah, like I said, but all all that credit goes to uh, Cole Rickardson. He's he's the man behind the lens with all that. So, so I think, man, we're going to try to, uh, and I don't know that you've actually been questioned about this, but I think uh, there's a very loose plan of uh, maybe that Sunday after the smallmouth rendezvous, getting out and getting together and doing some fishing. Um, uh, Ryan said that you and the wives are, are going to hook it up and uh, – uh, so hopefully it, it works out uh, that we'll get to get, spend some time on the water soon. And then uh, uh, for those that don't know, you uh, you are also very well versed on the upper mountain fork for Smalley. So we've talked about a bunch about that. And that's uh, yeah, I'm fired up to learn more about uh, that area this summer. So, dude, I can't let you off the hook, man. Um, what's up with the voodoo dolls? <laughs> how did i know how did i know that was that was coming <laughs> i don't i don't i don't know what is up with the voodoo dolls to be honest with you it's uh and that's probably exactly what they are but so far it's been really good voodoo all i know is um walker sends me this crazy picture of two i don't i don't know what kind of rituals were done with these things um but he says he found them on a, on a riverbank somewhere. And uh, so we, we go to float one day and I look at my cup holders and there's two. Yeah. Voodoo dolls, if you want to call them, whatever they're, and I'm just like, dude, what are, what's going on? Like, what are we, he's like, no, they're, they're, they're making the ride with us. And so we, 
stuck some really big fish that day and I said, okay, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll keep the, you know, it's kind of like a major league, you know, um, with, uh, with his doll, uh, whatever Jobu. the Jabu. Yeah, Jabu, right? You know how many now I say, fuck you, Jabu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, they've remained in the boat um, ever since. Um, and at this point, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of, I kind of don't want to give them back up. Cause they've really produced some, some really good juju or whatever. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't sacrifice a cat or anything, but I mean, they're, they're working right now. So that's amazing. Uh, well, he's probably not getting those back. You're a little nervous to give them up, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Well, man, if somebody wanted to, uh, to link up with you and, uh, and go do some fishing, man, how do they find you? Man, I uh, as you as you guys probably know, I am not very active on the social media. Um, I, I don't really post anything. I, uh, so, man, all my stuff's pretty much word of mouth and and um, you know repeat client stuff like that. But yeah, if anybody wants to get a hold of me and do some smallmouth fishing, uh, man, they can just call me at, on my cell phone at nine one eight six zero five two two seven eight. And uh, yeah, if I've got the time, I'm always happy to take whoever I can and and. You know, my biggest thing is, you know, if you're going to fish with me, you're going to, you're going to learn something, you know, so that's, it's all about educating and, and, um, you know, I think sometimes people, you know, sometimes people just want to go out and catch the biggest fish in the river and that's not an option. So you got to give them something else to leave with. I, lo I love it, man. And then we talked this week, uh, you're going to send me a pick and a, and a short, short ride up. Uh, we're going to feature you on the, uh, the guides page on the website. So uh, yeah. uh, by the time this comes out, listeners, if you want to uh, to go to TulsaFlyShop.com and click on the guide section, you'll be able to find Mr. Jeremy Guest on there. Uh, in case you didn't get that phone number written down, it'll be listed. And uh, man, hook them up, go learn something and uh, potentially catch uh, uh, your personal best smallie. Or at least, uh, you know, take pictures with the voodoo dolls or some, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just man, is great. Go ahead. Go ahead, Trevor. I was going to say, I want to say that's a brave man throwing out uh, his phone number with some of the listeners on our podcast. Uh, and and really, I mean, me, like, get ready for some weird shit, man. Like, oh, that's fine. <laughs> okay, good. Bring it. Uh, two, toothless guy. Charlie's calling and uh, uh, Four Toe Chad and yeah. uh, uh, Shiesty Charlene or what? I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Well, uh, well, Jeremy, Hey, thank, thanks so much, man. This, this means a lot to us. Uh, you're a great dude. And, uh, we, we definitely look forward to fishing with you soon, man. Yeah, guys. Same to you guys. I appreciate you. All right, man. Take care. See Jeremy you guys. Guess. Jeremy guest, everybody. Thank you so much. Yep. Don't make me Come say on. it. Don't Come, on, say Come on. Come <laughs> on. That was splendid. Bullshit. 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 <laughs> Fine, Give folks. it to me good, Trevor. That was neat. Thank you. So neat. Thank you. <laughs> can't you can't get away from it now. I mean, you started it. It's it's adorable. I love it. That we yeah. needs to be a maybe we need to get a sticker. Is a little little small mouth that just says that was neat under it. And three people will get it. Yeah. All three listeners will. <laughs> All three of us. I'll buy our entire stock. I like it. I, like it. I think I think minimum <laughs> order is fifty, so we're gonna have forty-seven left over. That's good. I finally uh, have a place. So, 
you guys see the white Subaru that I drive. It's actually my wife's. We're both Subaru people. I am going to be taking the Forester um, yeah. here very shortly, but she has like a thing. She won't let me put stickers on the car, uh, okay. but I got a roof rack for it now. And she didn't say yes. anything about putting stickers on the roof rack. There you go. So I finally found a place to put my stickers. Do you have a bunch of stickers? Because I've got, I feel like I could load you up with about 40 different. I need more. I've got the raft. I need another doodle fly because my doodle fly is actually sitting on my streamer box. Okay. Um, so I need a doodle fly. Um, I got uh, a bunch of Creek Adventure stuff. I've got the small, the Tulsa smallmouth um, thing on there. I got some TU stuff. Can I give uh, you a Monarch sticker? Because you're rocking a Monarch fly line on the Aurelius. I know and boy they've got a good well speaking of four toe chad uh he he was ah. floored um by that bonefish tapered line oh did he love it oh man it's just it, it's just he, he said it was like driving it was like, he called it the ferrari of fly lines Damn. um you know like just he's like i don't i don't understand how this isn't like a 180 dollar fly line um well I mean, and it is a hundred twenty dollars fly line. I mean, yeah, it's, it's an expensive, expensive fly line, but it's also like that's 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 right there. That's still cheaper than some of the stuff that like Scientific Anglers Rio puts out there. Um, yeah, I mean, not not a lot. I mean, that's kind of the high end. I think they get to one thirty. Okay, Maybe that more. it's it's kind but, of right there in that that realm. But man, it just I love that he that we talked about the texture, the feeling, the way it flies out. It, it that line is oh, that's a that is a freaking awesome line it's it somehow magically shoots a mile can carry through heavy wind and then still lay down delicately if you wanted to except he's it, fucking it no hold on, hold on, hold on let's let's say this so he liked your ferrari and then he wrecked it yeah that's exactly what happened <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let me drive your ferrari oh shit the poor guy so we we get the caw so we fish cocktail and speaking speaking of fisheries that like I, it's like catch 22 of like don't want to spot burn but also like we're an educational informative podcast so like yeah, whatever i think you share you should I, I i'm right there you, you share um and and hope that there's a healthy appreciation and respect from other people that you share that spot with agreed that's i've now fished caw twice with incredibly fruitful endeavors i mean we had 40 fish days um you know over the weekend all uh sand bass hybrid and even some small the striper is starting to move in um okay. we 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 found some small striper um not that i don't think they really go anywhere none of the big striper were there yet um i don't know when they get there i don't know enough about it but they were they were definitely there we definitely found them um and man yeah the, just an awesome place to share with people we get there and we're going to do the same thing that we did last time we were there cook some burgers we actually brought a bunch of brats um we were gonna we we're gonna do it right and well the day starts with <laughs> chad forgot the propane he was responsible for bringing the propane <laughs> okay. for uh which i don't know why i tasked them with this because i'm the one with the blackstone so I should have brought it, but he was at, went to the grocery store and I said, Hey, pick up some propane tanks. And he did. He just forgot to bring them. So we started that. So our okay, lunch consisted on. of, hold on real, real quick. 
Same dude that went camping in single digit weather and forgot his sleeping bag. This is the guy. Yeah. So, which is why he's called Forto Chad. He's Forto Chad. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Okay. No. Okay. So we, <laughs> I love, we, I love you, Chad. Yes. Yeah. This is all love. And, and, and I know that he's going to be laughing his ass off listening to this. Uh, when we, when we get there, he's like, no, I forgot the propane, but we were starving, man. So what did we do? I mean, like spicy brown mustard, shredded cheese and like Doritos in a bun. That was, that was our lunch for the day. Um, and it was, it was actually just like, just what the doctor ordered. Um, you, you, you ate that knowing what the toilet looks like. Oh, call. Yeah, well, I was just like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna poop in my waiters. Like, like <laughs> that's, that's, that's exactly. That thing is, a, it's literally a serrated metal trash can with a toilet seat on it. Yeah. For anybody that hasn't been there. Well, just oh. straight up across the board, I don't think there is. A, so one, I have a, I have a phobia of, of using the bathroom in public just in general. Um, and then beyond then, I'm not going to use, I, I've just seen what people do in those spaces that you're just never going to get me to use, use, uh, use one of those for any particular purpose. I digress. Uh, so that happened. So he's already feeling really guilty. And so I switched over to the glass rod in the afternoon because I was like, you know, we're catching some good sized fish. I mean, we were, we were catching, you know, some, some good, you know, pound and a half, two pound sand bass and hybrids, you know, good 18 to 20 inch fish. Um, definitely keepers. Like we would have had an awesome a stringer. And, that, and in fact, that's twice that I've just like, should have brought the fryer, should have, should have brought a stringer uh, and just regret not doing it. Um I'm like, you know what? I'm ready to, I'm ready to go for a ride. I'm ready to, I'm ready to enjoy a roller coaster. And that's when I busted out the glass rod and I was having a blast, man. Like, you know, those, those one sand bass just fight so hard in general. They're, they're real wiggly. They're a lot of fun. Um, to have a glass rod, a six weight bend basically all the way over. I mean, you feel like you're catching a freaking Marlin. Um, yes. so it, and that is, Honestly, like that's the rod I'm bringing up. That's what I'm fishing at call. Unless it's really windy, that's that's how I'm fishing up there. Oh, if it's really windy or if I'm ch- chasing like the bigger striper that move in. Um, mm-hmm. And so th- that was awesome. And then uh, I, I catch a fish and then I just hear Chad just go, no. And I look down over <laughs> that trough and he was like, I don't know what happened <laughs> and just mid cast the poor thing. Just, it just snapped, uh, which just happens. Just, he, he crashed the Ferrari, man. I, oh, man. I still want to know what happened with it though. Like did a fly hit it? Did, did it get, you know, I mean, maybe he, he says make- that it was, it was his, it was when he was transferring from his back cast into his forward cast that literally it just, it just snapped yeah that's i i i don't know i i clearly just a, a freak just a freak thing freak accident it happens yeah i always feel like there's something that like you know you, you hit you hit your rod with a with a weighted fly you know seven casts before that and then 
And then just that last little, you, you know what I'm saying? I've I done, wondered, I broke, I've broken a lot of rods. I wondered I, if he got it with, uh, if it was in, he was in his back cast and it's all of those rocks behind us, you know, right? Like it's, it's all that lunar landscape basically. Oh yeah. yeah. And yeah. I was just like, you sure man? you should just didn't hook onto something and it just like caught at the right. Oh, time. that's kind of what I think happened. That's is, a good point. Is that it, it just, it got caught on something and snapped and because he was, transferring the energy he just didn't notice that it got hung up i i have no idea um because yeah. i would be shocked like because it's it wasn't like it was the tip it was actually that that third section the second section it was, it was the thicker part of the rod um yeah i mean freak thing i'm not worried about it bless you max on with the with the good warranty they're already oh. taking care of me so yeah 12 12 whole dollars for shipping yeah, yeah, 12, yeah. twelve bucks, and uh, you'll you'll be up by this weekend. So yeah, I mean, that's, exactly. That's like good. I, no, I'm not. I'm not sweating it. I'm not fishing this weekend anyway. Um, I was having fun with the the glass. Poor, poor chat. He felt horrible. He felt, he felt so bad. Well, uh, both of our listeners should also make him feel horrible. If you, well, it, they should. Yeah, make sure to no, guys. God, uh, no. Make sure you I mean, like, subscribe, and thoroughly roast Chad in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> no it's a accidents happen things happen and uh, i mean seriously it's a 12 dollar mistake uh that's that's like that's an easy mistake that's why you get a rod with good warranty and and, yeah. and 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 you know again shout out to maxon thank you guys for for doing that right because you know it it's just one of those things it just happened i take comfort in that now had it been an older rod that maybe wasn't protected by a warranty or didn't have such a good warranty i might have been a little pissed but even then, it's hard to get mad at something. It's nothing he did wrong. It just happens. So my mother-in-law, she's uh, she's into this like eBay stuff where she uh, um, will go to garage sales and buy things and then like go and list them on eBay. And it's, mm -hmm. I mean, it's a it's a big deal. A lot of people do it. She actually sells a ton of stuff. But she sends me pictures yesterday of a um, an older Orvis seven-piece five-weight um, free something. What I remember what the what the um what it was but it's such a traveling rod type deal and she's like i looked online and they're going for like you know four and five hundred dollars and i'm like oh cool i've never heard of that rod nice uh take send me some pictures you know so she sends me pictures and I'm like oh wow it's a seven piece cool take take a picture you know of the um you know of the writing on the on the butt section and I'm like, okay, that's cool. I was like, I look back at the picture. And I'm like, hey, why don't you take a picture of of the very smallest piece that's missing the tip? Uh, so she so she brought a, uh, and I didn't ask her what, it, what she paid for it, and she doesn't listen to this, so I don't feel too bad. But um, she she bought a an outdated Orvis seven piece rod with a broken tip that will never get repaired. Oh. And uh, yeah, uh, so. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe they have a way to repair it. I don't know, but you know, call it 60 bucks and that's probably what the thing's worth. Uh, I, who knows, man. So I wish there, I wish there was like a third party, you know, like fly rod parts manufacturer. Like, because that's what happened with my old Reddington, you know, it just snapped and, and there's nothing that can be done for it. They don't make that rod anymore. But I'm like, I, I'd well, love to still have that rod, you know. You know, there's there's got to be like, and I say this, a lot of the custom builders are are just building on pre made blanks. There's there's probably a OG repair shop that can do some things. Now, will they get the actual action 
you know, exactly like it was. I, I can't fathom that they could. Well, and but... yeah, in this case, I wouldn't even care. It's just like I just I just want to have that in my back pocket. Should yeah, you know, again, like that was my backup wrong. That was but, that was it. But for somebody to do that kind of custom work and to do it worth worth having, it's you're better off from just buying a new rod, probably. Yeah, it's it's the same price, right? I mean, yeah. I'm, you know, purely guessing. Okay, so D, we are going to, in Trevor's absence this week, this coming weekend, we're going to go chase some white bass, and um, and you actually talked about some some white bass tacos at the end of the day. Yeah, man, oh, we've been wow. talking about it for forever. I, I think I'm going to bring out the the tractor plow disc cooker. I love that thing, know? man. And uh, <laughs> okay. I, I test fried some catfish in it to see if it would do it. You know, slap the tortillas around the side, warm them up, and just yeah. do some straight up cornmeal, get some, uh, pre-make some slaw, you know, the night before, and we'll uh, maybe Tear catch a fish. If not, I fucking gonna... hate you guys sometimes. Right. <laughs> Dude, it's just timing. We're getting we're getting we into uh, that season. I mean, it's gonna we're gonna be together more than we want to be. We could be nice about it, and, you know, switch group chats to just the people that are going fishing. But we have to sit there and just like drill it into Trevor that hey, we're going fishing and we're making tacos. We're gonna have a hell of a time. And he's just like, "F you guys," you know. <laughs> That's just That's it. You, you guys every for every fish pick you send, you're gonna get you're gonna get just more and more of the middle finger like we're just going to start with the fingernail and we're just going to work our way down <laughs> just an, un, an unveiling yes. an unveiling, unveiling of, the middle finger. of the middle finger i like it yeah i like it i'm excited I, man i we what is that'll be the 30th right that's Sunday. yeah yeah yes is there 30 or 31 days in april there's 30 because sunday is may 1st our uh, demo day our right demo day. okay Saturday so that's like my last chance to not get skunked in the month of April. Oh, dude, you're going to, you'll, you, there's no way we don't catch fish. I said it out loud, full jinx mode. You just, get a voodoo you doll. just jinxed us. Yeah. No, dude, I, I, we're going to be making good. empty tacos like Trevor and, and Chad had a curve. Cheese yeah, and be, coleslaw. You better, you better bring some tacos. spicy mustard and some hot dogs. <laughs> Doritos. <laughs> some, some Doritos. Oh my gosh. So, oh, guys so yeah, so Sunday or Saturday, we'll, we'll go chase some white bass. Um, see, and I'm, and I'm going, we're going as you and I and Aaron. And so I really hope we get into, to Sandy's quickly or hybrids or small striper or whatever. Um, Cause you two are very likely to switch to some sort of sunfish mode on me. And so I really, it's almost like a battle to keep you guys out of the sunfish mode and into the bass mode. Um, so I know that I have the sunfish. I know you will. <laughs> You're going to have to like good. be careful around Aaron. Yeah. You might break his <clears throat> no, if we get into it, man, we're, we're all, I think where we're going, um, I've had good experiences. I mean, literally just cast after cat, every single cast. Oh, you were sending um, me pictures, uh, you know, right after work uh, last yeah. year of you hammering them down there. Benefits of ending my day sometimes up there. Dude, that's um, good taco meat. Mm -hmm. That's straight up good taco meat. I love it. And so then, uh, so yeah, we, we mentioned Friday. Oh my God, my days are jacked. 
today is a day um correct saturday we're doing that sunday may 1st from 1 to 5 p.m is our may demo day um and so that is at the neen park in broken arrow um online way way to get people to find it yeah i don't i mean i don't have a clue nine house nine house that's right nine, nine is it nine house sure neen Huis um whatever the, the the fancy park with the fire oh, station and the swimming pool and the skate park and and the lacrosse lacrosse fields anyway they got lots of stuff there but there's a pond on lynn lane uh right next to the community center great parking uh i've i've personally caught a bunch of sunfish and small bass out of there but we'll have a, a sun canopy set up some rods and lines to demo and really just kind of hang out from one to five and let people come play with it rods and reels if they want to if they just want to show up and bs and fish come show up and bs and fish let's just talk i mean just hang out so uh that should be cool um and then that's what i got man you want to hear awesome. some trout stories yes i do quick, how, quick was, how was the white man it was good um it was this is this uh, hold up hold up listeners before what? before no because i'm gonna give my version of the story real quick based on hearing Chris's experience, uh, hearing whiskey Chris's experience, this guy is like just berating his river experience. Man. I am now? What? I am now? No, you were. Like while Wait. this was happening. Did I call you? No, you texted us. Oh, dude, I got drunk. I know. God. <laughs> he's the guys he is just like this is i'm i'm you know the the boat's spinning and it's windy and and then like two minutes later he's like i just got a fucking 18 inch brown <laughs> <laughs> okay so I, I think i've said this before uh whether it's on the podcast or just to the group the first day that i go on these trips it's it's like a kid first day at college and i i you know, I just, I tie one on like hardcore tie one on and suffer the rest of the time. That's a euphemism, uh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Tie one on. Mm -hmm. Oh, like tie a, tie a fly on. Mm -hmm. uh, no, mm -hmm. I drink lots of alcohol. And, um, <laughs> and so, yeah, but no, we got there and, and okay. So old guy trip, um, Don is nice enough to, for years I've, I've driven the boat you know, we rent, rent these 20, 22 foot river boats for years. I've driven the boat. Um, I have control issues and, and that's just how it rolled. But, uh, um, Don was nice enough to run the boat for me. Um, so I can fly fish from the front. Right. And I'm like, Hey dude, I I'm, I'm going to throw streamers all day. I had a five inch sink tip. I'm going to throw streamers all day. That's this entire, entire trip. If I catch two fish, don't care. They're going to be good fish. I'm throwing streamers all day on a sink tip. And uh, I'd like to keep me, you know, 30, 40 feet off the bank. Let me just pound the bank. It's going to be good. Well, spin number 472. <laughs> and, and how many, how many bottles there. of whiskey were you in at this point? Well, I've got a big flask, like a really <laughs> big flask and a, and a cooler. So the cooler will hold a bottle of water and like six, seven beers uh, and a little fish pond cooler. And then it holds this big flask um and so but it's it was it was stupid windy it would have been hard for anybody uh without oars or some sort of trolling motor on the front to keep the boat 
uh, too steady, but I love me some Don. He will, he'll, he gets up to a spot. We start drifting and he, he's focused on fishing. That dude is there to fish mm -hmm. and, uh, and not pay attention to anything else. And so, uh, yeah, it's just spinning. I'm, I'm making these like, you know, 70, damn near 80 foot casts, right? I, I'm, I've got all my fly line on, on the floor of the boat, trying to reach the bank from these crazy angles. I, I was actually, you know, quite happy with my casting, um, but it was, it was tough. And so, yeah, there was probably some, uh, I don't remember those texts. I'm going to have to go back and look at the text. Uh, you're, I mean, you were, <laughs> you were cracking me up. Oh, it was, it was rough. I man. was like, I was like, I am, in, I'm sitting in my office getting my ass beat this week. And this guy is, this joker is texting me mad about his fishing trip. Yeah. I wasn't <laughs> mad. I was fresh. I was letting out some frustration, but uh, uh, I, I know and, I'm just giving you the time. It was, it was genuinely entertaining. It was genuinely funny. And admittedly, there were times where I'm like, Don, I can't do this if you don't. And he, he like knuckled down and, you know, and like, and like knuckle down, buckle down. I like that. He, knuckle, he, knuckle he may down. have knuckled down. Knuckle down. I was talking smack, but, um, man, I mean, like, you know, he, he put me, he, he's put extra effort into, to get me to the spot. But yeah, so, I, so, um, streamer all day, you know, there was a moment in time where I wanted to throw a bobber. No, 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 no. I did throw a bobber because I didn't have the bobbers I liked because I didn't plan on throwing bobbers. So I had some old thing about bobbers in my boat bag. And I threw an egg for a little bit just because I, I think I was maybe too drunk to cast well. But um, anyway, the uh, uh, and then I, so I start throwing an egg at the mural. So those of you that have been on that section of the White River, they'll, they'll know where the mural is. Um, and that's where I picked up that brook trout, man. So yeah, that was a of, cool surprise. Well, and so that's that's the, the the moral to my fishing trip or the 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 whole of my fishing trip. Uh, is I, I, I caught a few rainbows, several browns, all on streamers. And then the one time I threw an egg, it was a white uh, F and F slush material. I think they actually call it blue cheese. It's kind of a white egg. Mm -hmm. um, I, I picked up that rookie. And so, um, so, so several browns, lots of fun on a streamer. Uh, and then, and then that brookie was the only brookie I've ever caught. And, uh, uh, and I don't think a lot of them are caught there. They have brook trout in there, but I don't think there's very many that are caught. And so well, that, you was, just, that made it special. You, you educated me there because I, I, I legitimately didn't know there were brook trout in the white. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there, so there's, there's rainbows, browns. There's a handful of cutties. Uh, I didn't know there were cutthroats. Yeah. There's, uh, uh probably two brook trout and i caught one of them uh and uh, and then they introduced uh tiger trout um this I last uh, yeah this last year and so actually a brook trout has a really cool kind of worm pattern mm -hmm. uh on the on their top mm -hmm. and uh, so at first glance i actually thought it was a tiger trout a small tiger trout and uh, so i was kind of fired up and then i see the fish more i'm like holy crap i got i got excited yeah that's awesome man so, uh that's freaking sweet yeah, but well, nice work. Overall, it was overall it was fun. Uh, that's a really big river. Um, you know, you don't have to boat have a boat, but you really should. Um, and we really, I mean, I think we got like three inch, uh, three inches of rain or something crazy like that Wednesday. Uh, like you know, actively bailing the boat out 
uh, while we we're on the river. And, uh, um, but we caught good fish that day. And so it was, yeah, it was all good. It's all That's good. awesome, man. I'm ready to get back to Smalley's. <laughs> so well, it's anyway. time, man. It's, it's that time. Well, it, it is, it is. So, okay. Yeah. What, what, was, what was the last thing I say? I'm sorry. Uh, what, coming up is demo days and then smallmouth rendezvous. Yes. Uh, Cause I'm not sure if we'll record again <laughs> before the, uh, the smallmouth rendezvous. We should, but yeah. Uh, May, May 13th and 14th. That's a Friday, Saturday. I think the doors are open nine to five. Um, first Baptist is it first Baptist church Dalton in Tahlequah. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, you guys are gonna have a blast. I'm gonna be in stupid Ohio. Sorry stupid. to our listeners in Ohio, but Ohio but is stupid. There. Did, ba- a- did Baker go back to Ohio? Is he living in Ohio now? Or he uh, you know, he's still there until the Browns release him or trade him. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Oh, I thought he was already already released and just. No, no, they they don't even know if the guy that they brought in and paid a lot of money for is going to be even allowed to play. Uh, like from legal legal problems. Yeah, I think the league's going to crash down on him pretty hard. Oh god, it sucks. Okay. Just a per- personal story, really quick. Like, it, this, just 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 for perspective on all. I'm not saying like, don't don't have your heroes, don't have your idols, whatever. But we just we just really don't know these guys. And I, you know, I had the chance. I got to interview Deshaun Watson twice at the Orange Bowl. Um, mm-hmm. a few years ago and and there's just there's just nothing that would have ever made me say yeah this guy's a total dick you know like he he was a you know yes sir no sir um gave great answers a uh, lot of fun to talk to and then you hear about all of this stuff come out and i don't know total just different tangent nothing related to the podcast i'm going back to my sports podcasting days but <laughs> just, just don't know these guys and so just total disappointment i hope baker mayfield gets out of cleveland and i hope cleveland exa- gets exactly what they deserve there that's it done well yeah i'll, I'll roll with that <laughs> i'll roll with that so we have and I, I if these ever get on video people will will wonder why i jumped up uh and left several times but uh, um it's because i hear trucks coming by and so our, our new uh, Sawyer oars for the, uh, uh, the 11-foot raft, Maxon raft, are supposed to be delivered today. And I'm like all excited about it. And they're still, it's like, you know, past dark and, uh, and they're not here. So, uh, but uh, at the rendezvous, last thing about the rendezvous is we will have um, inside the building um, at, our, at our table, I have some rods, reels, flies, miscellaneous gear. I'm going to be tying some flies there uh lines uh tippet leaders all that all that stuff all that normal stuff will be set up at our booth um but they've got it set up where we're going to actually have both rafts i have a 13 foot and an 11 foot uh maxon fishing raft all geared out kitted out um in the building for for people to crawl in play with ask questions whatever um uh at the at the rendezvous that's that's pretty, pretty cool so I think I don't know how big the building, the, the gymnasium is there at the church, but I feel like I'm I'm taking up a good portion of it, and they're happy for us to do that, and so that's kind of cool. So anyway, that's what I know about that. I dig it. Cool. I'm done talking. No. Well, Dalton, I hope your dry spell ends this weekend, and um, it will. Yeah, I hope you catch some fish. I may try to sneak some in after uh, after work one of these days before. 
I think that's what I'm before the weekend hits. Since I've jinxed your Saturday now. Yeah, it's totally jinxed. So I'm gonna have to catch, you know, a two inch bluegill in the pond, you know, down the road from my house. So hey, two inches <laughs> is a lot. Okay, right. we're getting we're getting we're getting weird here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Good night. All right, guys. The Creek Adventures podcast is presented by Lone Bison Fly Tying Tables, premium quality functioning art. Go find them at lonebisonflytables.com. And as always, the Creek Adventures podcast is a proud supporter of the Oklahoma River Warriors. Make sure you please check them out on Facebook. This is a lot of fun. Uh, thank you again to our guest, Jeremy Guest. Uh, you did not mishear me on that. It, it is Jeremy Guest. Um, that is his name. And you guys should definitely go back and find the spot where he gave his number out uh, on the podcast. Uh, he's a very knowledgeable guy. You should hit him up. You should go fishing with him. Uh, please support him. Uh, and, and super excited to get back and talk with him about a bunch of stuff that, that just continues to blow my mind. So we're going to do more stuff. Lots of fun, more creek adventuring coming up. I can't wait to hear about y'all's experience this weekend. Uh, and can't wait to hear about uh, everything going on uh, with the demo day. So for Chris Queen and Dalton Wortham, I'm Trevor Rogers. See you guys shortly. See you, ma'am. See you.